I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to The Mentor. I'm Mark Boris. Mark Fascio, welcome to The Mentor, mate. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Mark. Appreciate it. I threw in the word mate because that's the name of your business. You're the co-founder and, uh, well, one of the co-founders and a joint CEO of Mate, M-A-T-E, which is a a telco. Correct. That's us. Yeah, that's me. So tell me the story. Why isn't your brother here? He's your twin brother. He's my identical twin brother. Both big eyebrows, both bald heads look exactly the same um, and same, uh, you know, actions and everything. But uh, he's not here today. Um, His father-in-law unfortunately passed away about a week ago. uh, And a good friend of his uh, father's passed away as well. So. He's got a lot going on, but uh, he sends his regards, and he said, "Just look at me anyway, and it's the same person." I see. I wouldn't know the difference either because I don't know him, and uh, bo- and uh, and uh, both of your twins and your identical twins. Yeah. So for all I know, I could be talking to him. What's his name? Uh, David. Hi, David. David. Yeah. Hang on, mate. Um, yeah. So, uh, give me a story about uh, what's going on here. So. Uh, where you come from and what you did. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty crazy story. It was never, mate, was never supposed to be what it was. It, um, you know, back in April 2016, or sorry, I should lie, at Christmas two, uh, 2015, uh, my brother and I sat down and said, how do we make a better life for our family and friends? And David had a young family at the time working in the corporate world. Selling, he was. He was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, so was I. And he was selling telco networks to people like us at Mate. And that was his role. And, you know, which were he working for? One of the telcos. Correct. One of the, one of the wholesale telcos. Um, at the time, they were called M2 Telecom. Right. And so he was the general manager of sales, selling networks to people like us at May and, and getting business. What does that mean, networks? Um, selling, um, I guess, selling um, services, right? Selling access to services. So, for example, there's a lot of telcos in the market that um, that resell a Telstra MBN service or a Optus mobile service, etc. So he worked for a business that had its own network and was selling access to that network for different brands like us at mate right and uh, and so he was he was working there selling networks high stress you know obviously high reward but and I was at that time I was working at Microsoft and I was uh, I took a role in Singapore and I was I was moving to Singapore in April and and I said well I can't leave you behind with the stress of that role in a young family I said how do we get together create a business and you know make some money make a wage and you can be your own boss and live life a little bit stress free visiting Chris, at Christmas yeah at Christmas time yeah and so by April we started this, this business called Mates um, in my auntie's backyard. We put a laptop on a filing cabinet and gave a brother a desk and said, yeah, let's get some customers. If we make some money, great, as uh, long as it pays your bill or your, your wage. And I went off to Singapore, did what I did on the weekends, 
And lo and behold, a couple of years later, we had 30,000 customers and about 19 of our family members working for this telco in my auntie's backyard, literally in my auntie's backyard. It may sound a lot simpler than it is. Um, how, where'd you get the money from? Like, how, what does it cost to set one of these? Things well, up? I mean, we we use a lot of uh, uh, a lot of friendships. We put a lot of our savings together to to build things like CRMs and connection to services. And David had a lot of um, partners or, or people he he helped along the way in his role. That gave him a go, right? Gave him access to network without security, for example, uh, because they trusted who he was and what he's done for them. And so this is where your network comes into play. When you want to truly do something and you maybe haven't got the money. To to do it this is where don't burn any bridges right because you have a network you have people that you've helped along the way they they give back to you and that's and that's how ultimately how we got off the ground our first sales form was a google sheet right uh, we took customers details and uh you know and uh, and all those different things and you know you start away you you have to and you evolve away you need to and that's ultimately how it started and then obviously along that journey we needed a bit of capital and so we had a, a few uh, uh friends or and, and cousins put in some money into the business as well well we grew you know we grew a call center opened up a little bit of an office and and took it to the next level or so to speak i think you still make it sound really too simple um yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I did. Oh, the first thing I did was research the market, right? Like got, got my head in the game. I've always been in tech and telco sales. That's That's been my, I'm a sales and marketing guy. I've been at Microsoft. I've been in BlackBerry. I've been at 20th Century Fox. And so I've always been in that tech and, uh, and sales game. I think I'm an early adopter when it comes to data and understanding trends in the market and especially digital marketing as well, which we know is driving everything at the moment. And I, I just look at the market and what, what people were doing. At that time, the MBN had started to be rolled out properly and people were able to get connected but the old talkers the, the they were still getting 70 points of margin with the old adsl and so no one was really pushing mbn all right and i said well let's get into the market and let's fucking oh sorry i shouldn't swear but let's let's get into selling mbn because these guys aren't going to follow suit because they've got all these overheads in regards to customer service staff and all these different things and they're going to push for adsl because it gets them 70 points of margin let's let, let's let's have a crack and, and go for uh, go quickly with MBN. It's going to be a better connection. It's easier to connect um, and all those different things. And we had experience about building CRMs, finding wholesale partners to sell networks. We like David did that all day, every day. I did sales and marketing and, and systems all day, every day. Put the two together. Uh, I think we just had a winning rep recipe, right? Um, you got to back yourself. And I always thought that we could do something. And I thought this was a time to do it. So when you say selling NBM, you mean reselling NBM? Re reselling, so, yeah. So maybe just uh, unpack it a little bit here, yeah. um, the way the market works in Australia. So we've got a whole lot of, there's a number of brands out there, mm -hmm. um, which include Telstra and Optus and yep. other ones. Amazing, my mate Peter O'Connell set up Amazing many, many years ago. Yep. Um, and uh, but basically everyone's a reseller of MBN when it comes to when it comes to internet connections. Correct. I yeah. mean, there's a number of different private networks that aren't MBN that you can tap into. But ultimately, yes, it's it's MBN. Everybody connects into the MBN because they own. As I understand, NBN yep. comes to a, a like a central place, yep. like say at the top of your street. And then you might use TPG, for example. Someone might use TPG yep. to bring the internet into the house, but TPG brings you from that NBN connection to your house. 
sort of. How's so, it all work? So the uh, MBN creates the infrastructure in most of the households in Australia. What so does that mean? That means cable on the ground, cable to your home. So they take the uh, cable to your home. Correct. Right, exactly. Okay. Yeah. And so, and then there's 121 points of interconnect, which is where the MBN connects to across the country. And from those interconnects, they ultimately connect to your street and then to your home. Right. right? And then um, and, uh, a, a provider like us uh, would come in. Uh, you, you can either be a wholesaler. Um, so you can connect direct to the MBN or you can be a brand that, that buys off that wholesaler that connects direct to the MBN. Right. And so we were the, the person that was buying from a wholesaler that was connected to the MBN. But in the last 12 months, we built our own network and now we go direct to, to MBN and we're now a direct competition with your Aussie broadbands, your Telstra's, your, your Vodafone's, for all your TPG's when it comes to, to selling and reselling internet, right? Yep. yep. Um, and so, I mean, there's so much you can talk to, like is there, uh, you know, it goes back to data centers and there's, you know, you, you, you sort of, it's like a sh stock market, right? You make bets on where you put customers because you haven't got unlimited bandwidth. And so you have a bet that these people in this area are going to use this much bandwidth. So switch the bandwidth over there. And um, and then, you know, this time of the day that these, this part of this world is going to use a different uh, bandwidth, et cetera. So it's quite convoluted. And I think uh, MBN have made some announcements that they're going to change that in the future. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we can. There's double clicks and triple clicks in understanding how this works. Uh, essentially, you've built a brand called yep. Mate, yep. and you've built the ability to, you know, in terms of retail, ability to give access to consumers or customers mm -hmm. to the wholesale product, which is this called the MBN product. Correct. Okay. Yeah, which is effectively giving because MBN controls all the infrastructure in terms of. Um, Internet access at the moment, if it's coming in through majority, yeah, okay, yeah majority. majority. Yeah. So, and therefore everybody has to, all the retailers have to somehow hook into NBN. Correct. Yeah, and, and most people don't realise, but they have to. Not and so there's there's wholesale partners, people that build infrastructure to hook into NBN, and then there's brands that buy off those those wholesalers that connect into MBN. Right. So beforehand, we didn't have to connect into the MBN. We bought our network from somebody that was connected to MBN. But it still went back to MBN. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But not every not every provider in the market actually directs uh, connects direct to MBN. Yeah. There's sometimes a middleman. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay, so, but in your case, you were going through a wholesaler, but now Correct. you go direct. But Correct. you were going through a wholesaler. But if I go back to April, when you launched this thing, yeah. this thing, um, I mean, I wouldn't even have to ring up NBN. I mean, how do you, who do you know, how do you find these dudes to say, listen, we want to become a, we want to deal with a wholesaler that deals with you at the moment? How, how does that work? So, uh, I mean, and if my brother was here, he'd probably tell you the whole story. But I mean, it's it's knowing who to talk to and who to go to. But ultimately, we, we went to a wholesaler, a partner that built a, a, a network and connects direct to NBN, who provides systems and integration and all those different things. And so ultimately, we built a brand and a, and a, and a customer service service team and we and somebody else took care of delivering the internet to our customers but yep. we rebranded it ourselves and yeah it was a rebranding exercise yeah, correct. effectively yeah and so and just, i mean ultimately i mean you can there's a number of wholesale providers out there that are giving you a white labeled mbn service for example right. you repackage it you service the customer and 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 they they worry about connecting the customer um at the, the they last do mile that. absolutely they, yeah. do, they do it at the house correct effectively you, all you were doing is reselling mate was reselling what a wholesaler was getting from NBN <laughs> and that and what you were reselling is all the infrastructure that both parties were pro providing yep. the connectivity mm -hmm. as well um, 
so you were just backing yourselves to be a better retailer. Absolutely. I mean, to be a better brand. Yep. And uh, to uh, maybe have better after-sales care or something along all, those lines. All that self-care, um, after-sales care. Um, the, the MBN is quite convoluted, right? And you, you probably heard a lot of stories that, you know, they, they were supposed to deliver a certain infrastructure to the market and they, they, they spent a lot of money and delivered it in a different way. And there's a lot of, um, you know, they call it fibre, but a lot of locations aren't fibre at all. Um, and so there's seven different types of technologies. There's multiple modems that you use to connect, multiple routers. There's speed, different plans of speed and all these different things. And, and our view was, let's make that simple for the consumer and let the people that do the infrastructure take care of getting it connected and we'll do the, the, the other part, which is the most important. So what's your point of difference? Our point of difference is simplicity, right? We offer value, um, simplicity, um, Aussie-based and Aussie service, and now with all our systems and infrastructure built by ourselves. Yeah, and that's our difference, right? The word mate, and the reason why I call it mate to start with is because who do you love sometimes more than your family? Your mates, right? And who do you like to do business with if everything's great? It's your mates. And I think uh, back that back in 2016, if you look at the reports, the biggest stigma in the market was no one believed their telco. No one trusted their telco. They were locked into to contracts that they didn't believe or they were, you know, a bad rate or things like that. And so we decided, let's just go to market with MBM, the first ones, and I'll call it now, the first ones to go out with no contract MBN services. And we focus on simply, um, so uh, you can buy MBN service with us, choose a plan and you can stay for a month or you can stay for three months. We don't lock you in because we guarantee our service. Right? If you're not happy, you can leave. But if you're happy, we'll stay and we'll reward you accordingly. And it's just back then contracts, you know, when you get a new handset, instead of paying you know, $1,000 up front for a new iPhone, you get a you get a contract and get it for $0. Yep. It was similar to the MBN. You buy your modem up front, but if you get a contract, you get it for $0. Our view is that that, that we I had the insight to think that that's going to change in the future. You know, devices are going to get cheaper. People are going to, the trend's going to go to our, right um, and people are going to get more sophisticated and so we just went out with this let's take a gamble and we started growing through things like comparison sites you know the likes of canstar and finder and uh, whistle out etc and we just and we 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 took a, a gamble and reduced the price by the average price by ten dollars a month and we saw thirty thousand come customers come in in our first two years while we're Marty's backyard um and and the rest is history right um you know i i guess uh, I, I, I ended up coming back from Singapore in 2019 because my, my brother said, this, this thing's really working, get your ass back here. Um, and we, we literally took a step back in 2019 to actually build a brand. You know, we built a, we moved into an office. We, uh, we built a finance department. I built a sales and marketing team. We built a brand. We, we brought on Sam Kerr to be our ambassador. So Sam Kerr is, represents our business, for example. Um, and she's been with us for a long time. But, uh, and we did that. And then uh, it took us to the next level, right? And then COVID hit and we, we, hit the, we hit the big time in regards to customers and revenue and things like that. And um, it's been a, a journey and a half, but it's been fucking awesome. Back in um, April t 2016, you're off in Singapore. Your brother's sitting there and what, what, whereabouts are you? What part of town? Uh, we're in Smithfield in uh, Western Sydney, okay, so, so southwest Sydney. Okay, so you're in, in Smithfield and uh, your brother's got a desk and um, yep. auntie's in the kitchen maybe making some cookies or whatever she's doing. Italian um, family make meatballs. Making meatballs, okay. <laughs> and... Uh, and 
Did you have employees? Yeah, um, we had at the uh, time. At the time, we we hired everybody of our every one of our cousins that wasn't at uni um, helped us uh, at nights or or during the day. But um, we the the first nineteen employees were cousins, and uh, even my youngest nephew was working there. So our employees were all family. Actually, yeah. yeah, and then so, but the, sort of all part time or interns or yeah. that type of type of thing. Correct. So you must have had a bit of a little bit of dough around to kick it off. Is it, where that money come from? Well, so that money came from our, our savings, right? Yeah. Um, everything that we've saved, and so I'm talking, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars that we, that we had saved up, and uh, we we're always going to put towards something. It was a risk, but we we backed ourselves, and that's what you do in business, right? Um, and so that gave us a head start. That gave us the the and plus obviously our network and the friends that we had and people that gave us a chance w w enabled us to get into there and then we started getting customers so we started building cash flow and revenue and 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 that was what yeah, but that sounds a lot easier than than you make out i mean yeah Mark, of that, course. that's not that easy how did you launch mate the whole strategy was 100 percent digital right yeah, it was 100 percent right. digital being uh, there were comparison sites like finder canstar a value and an aussie service was the key right um i think in in the in the market the the, pe the people uh all the talkers were known for outsourcing all their service overseas uh, which is not a bad thing but if you if you train those people incorrectly you don't get the best result for your customer what do you mean by yeah. outsourcing so overseas. outsourcing call centers to Philippines, to India, and places like that. Obviously, it costs a lot, a lot less for staff and things like that, and you you can open longer for a lot less dollars. And that's what all the big telcos have done, and most of them are still doing it today, right? Um, and that, and our differentiator was putting the, the service on shore because we knew the MBN was going to be convoluted, and so you wanted to talk to somebody that actually experienced. So, it. like, let's say for example, my internet keeps dropping out, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm with mate. And then uh, my brother, he might be with telco, uh, another telco. Yep. What was your point of difference that made it better for you? I mean, and how did you tell me about that? How did you tell people about that? So I'll, I'll tell you about the experience first. Uh, the, if you rang a bigger telco and something like that happened, uh, they wouldn't even have a clue what you're talking about because they lived in a different country with different problems and they had a book. If it wasn't in their book, they didn't have a clue what you're talking about. So they would have troubleshooted you 10 different things that you knew were already a problem and, and you got nowhere. On our side, how, how would I ring them? Uh, oh, you would ring them by their phone number. Their uh, phone number. Yeah, their yeah. phone number. Exactly. Yeah. Um, on our side, if you rang up with that issue, we would know the local potential technician in that area, or we would know somebody in in the wholesale that we're working with. We would know the area. It would be um, MBN would have maybe potentially sent out a communication saying, "Hey, this area is being flooded. Uh, expecting uh, problems, etc." So we would have had a handle on it, and we would have known how to fix some of those issues. So you know, um, I, we had a I had a, my house. I had a uh, uh, an issue with the um, the cabling, and it was cut because somebody was pouring concrete for a footpath, for example. I mean, the overseas call, overseas call centers wouldn't have a clue about that, right? Um, and that's one example of explaining why uh, why it was easier to get uh, support from us. That's one thing. How we did that was, I mean, if I look at the digital world, we, we looked at um, the content on our website. We, we looked at a brand, right? A brand, uh, we did a focus group once and there were 20 brands in the focus group and you had to pick one that you would sign up to, one that you would think about and one you would never, would never um, actually consider uh, we were out of the 20 19 of us 
picked as the one I've never heard of, but I'll give it a go. And I think that was the reason why we called it Mate. But from a digital world, our tone of voice is, you know, uh, I think we made it uh, simpler for the customer. You ring us, we say, how are you going, mate? Good. How's your day going, etc. I think it ma we make people feel comfortable with our tone of voice and, and we don't treat you like an idiot as well. Like we, we talk to you like a normal person and we actually understand what you're, you're talking about. Okay, so you've got a call centre yep. in Australia, right? Yep. How do you train the call centre people? We've got plenty of walks of life in our business, right? Um, you know, some people with different accents from different worlds. I mean, training is, is it's all about um, communicating to people different ways. So, I mean, being able to uh, communicate to all different levels, all different types is, is the key, I think, to our, our success. And um, there's plenty of systems and tools that allow you to achieve that as well, right? Um, so there's plenty of that. Um, but I wanted to get back to your question about how we told people about, mate. Um, you know, like, I mean, I, I don't want to get too technical, but our, our goal was being, you know, who, I'll call it the dumb model when it comes to advertising. You see an ad, what do you do when you see an ad? You Google the company if you've never heard of them, and then you find your way to the website, right? If uh, they've given you something that's on, that I'm interested in. Exactly, exactly. And so that, what's what we, we, we played hard in those search terms on, on, on digital, right? You know, uh, best MBN plans, friendliest MBN all these different things that was what pushed us to you know we use the finders of the world and all that to tell us tell people about who we are well that, that's where you go to once i find out who you are. so i'll go to the website and yep. i'll say oh who are these dudes yeah and what's that and off the back of a proposition you might put in front of me yeah but then i'll go and check them out i'll go to find them and see where you rate relative Correct. to the yep. others yep. so I, so the finders are all your comparison websites canstar etc um they're really good um Places to go to, to 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 verify that you are what you say you are relative to value. <laughs> yeah. So because they're independent organisations, yeah. and uh, so I, as I said before, I just want to put, just put that yeah. aside because I, I do want to talk about that. In a yeah, second. yeah, yeah. But, okay. but but in terms of first getting me to go to your website, how did you get me to go to your website? Uh, I, I got you to go to my website from uh, we we did a lot from a digital ads perspective. So we targeted you. We we found out um, different cohorts. You profile of, me. Profile you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Online, we 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 we. We built cohorts of customers that would probably be more um, uh, uh, interest, interested in our brand and who we are. Uh, we How did you work that out? How did you profile me? Uh, I mean, well, we, so we, you got to start somewhere, right? And yeah. so I would have said that, okay, what are we looking for? We're looking for customers that are looking to save money, that are looking to upgrade to the MBN because back then it was ADSL and want to do and we're looking for Aussie support. And that was the first one, right? And then from there, you, you, you spit out three different creatives that you serve them with, and you know certain creative gets certain engagement, and then you start learning more about those customers, the people that come clicking to your website. Once they come to your website, that's when you retarget, right? You retarget them with information that on pages they've looked at. Um, you retarget them with ads that make sense to their journey into your website, and then you build your profile. You build, is it mums coming? Is it dads coming in? Is it, uh, you know, businesses, et cetera? And, and, that's, and you just get going, and you start building the data and the data tells you who you should be who's most attracted to you and who's the most attracted to you but doesn't convert or who's the most attracted to you and actually want to buy and then once you've got customers that's how you mine your data once you've got customers you build lookalike audiences and those lookalike audience said well okay i know mark boris bought a, an internet service from May. i think he would have told his mate about us. So why uh, why not create a profile of lookalike audience like him on social and serve some ads? And then we get people that are like you that may be interested in what you did. And then we kept those customers coming. And then that data keeps building and building and building until you've got an abundance of, of leads coming to your website that you have to optimize to make sure you convert. That's how it started. And then once we had a bit of money and a bit of cash flow, we went to market and you know did some advertising. 
then we put people at the top of the funnel, so uh, above the line. So, you know, we sponsor the Central Coast Mariners. We have Sam Kerr. We sponsor the Perth Wildcats in the NBL. That's all pushing people to our website from an organic point of view. And then once they come to our website, we retarget it with ads and, and all these different things to eventually get them to convert and buy our product. Well, um, I'm here with my Fazio, and he's uh, one of the co-founders of and co-CEO of uh, Mate Telco. It's a telco business. Um, and I'm going to go to the break. I'm going to come straight back to Mark because... He just covered off uh, a whole digital marketing strategy in about 30 seconds. And uh, I want to unpick that a little bit and just so we could just lay it, layer it a little bit so we can understand it a little bit better. Because um, I, I think it's probably the most critical part of being successful if you're going to be a retailer, particularly if you're a reseller of someone else's product in a busy market like Telcos and in a very critical market like Telcos. So we're going to go to the break and come straight back. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. On the break, and I'm, I'm back here with Mark Fazio, and now Mark's a CEO and co-founder of a telco business called Mate. And we were just talking about because I asked him the question, um, how did you? Uh, I mean, I, we understand how he got his product. You know, we, he, he's effectively reseller through a wholesaler in the beginning, back to NBN, and then now he's goes straight to NBN. I understand that bit, um, but really, why? How did he get customers? And Mark went through a what seemed like a really simple process, but it's much more complicated than that. But um, he, he's being modest. But effectively, at the beginning, you, he used social media or digital marketing to talk to people. But he didn't really know who he's going to talk to very originally because no one does. So he sort of nearly did a survey, one or two, him and his brother probably, he said, who are the people who might be interested in? What are the what are the characteristics that are interested in here? Are they interested in value, um, Australian company, and someone who can deal with their problems and speak to them like a, a normal person, as opposed to what his competitors were doing, perhaps. That's a bit of a risk, but let's have a crack at that. If it doesn't work, we'll change it, change it up. Off the back of that, he started uh, targeting those people and started messaging those people with those sorts of messages. Those people come to the website. And then uh, he has a look at what they're interested in. He now, now, now knows they're interested in um, talking to a service provider, a, a, a customer service person who is in Australia and 
speaks, you know, understands the sort of language and maybe say, G'day, mate, how you going, blah, blah, blah. Um, and uh, as a result of that, he starts to get more customers and can build a profile of what that customer, not what they look like, but what their characteristics are, and then starts to serve that up through various platforms, it could be Google or Instagram, et cetera, Facebook probably at the time, um, and just starts to build his data up and just keeps building his data up, keeps building his data up. And then he said, okay, well, I've got a bit of, I've got some customers, I don't know what they look like or what the, what the characteristics are. I'm making sure my product does that. I'll make sure I talk about that all the time and on my various um, social mediums. Now what I've got to do is I've got to start to make ourselves a little bit more attractive. I've got to start to cut through a bit. So I'm going to sponsor Stan Kerr. I'm going to sponsor some uh, uh, who just uh, Central Coast Mariners Central. and Perth Wildcats. Okay, Mariners, yeah. Wildcats. So all of a sudden he's building a brand association, which yeah. is a very powerful thing. You don't do that in the beginning because you need a bit of dough to do those things. They, yeah. they usually cost a bit of money, so which means you've have, got to have some revenue. But he's gone through all the, you know, marketing one-on-one digital strategy steps. This is a digital strategy. This is what a digital strategy looks like. It's actually got strategic steps move by move and as this you achieve this one you go to the next one as you achieve the next one you go to the next one you, and you build them all out uh, both vertically and horizontally and uh the whole time he's building out the mat uh, mate brand I should say the mate brand the whole time because brands are about messaging and what do they stand for and they stand for they don't stand for what mark is interested in anymore they now stand for what his customers are telling him absolutely they're interested in absolutely and what he's doing the whole time is he's scraping out of his own website and website visitors um, information data information about what the hell they people are really interested in what they want from at least what they want from him or mate and uh, and building on that is that a fair summary of what you just uh, said it did a great job I mean and yeah absolutely and then the next step is that your, your customers tell you who your customers are right once you have customers they tell you who your next customer is going to be and you know once you get them in and get them buying your product there's always going to be somebody competing for that customer especially in the MBN market it's pretty much a switch market now so it's down to value and service not price so switch much switch market means what uh, it's meaning that um, that mo mo most houses that can get connected to the MBN are now connected and so they're connected with somebody and so us as a brand we've, we've gone from connecting houses with new connections to well you're with TPG or you're with Aussie Broadband how do I win you to switch to mate yeah. so that's what I meant by switch yeah. but when your customer becomes your customer especially when we're a business that have zero contracts we need to keep you right we need to keep you happy we oh, that's to make a big part of, I forgot uh, to mention that yeah so when you say zero contracts you mean no commitment no commitment yeah you can leave after 30 days or you can I, leave after one day so I can switch yeah, yeah, effectively, correct. Yeah, and because our is goal, that important? I think it is so, because. Um, do, do you think your are your customers telling you that that's important? Absolutely, because customers want choice, and customers don't want to be locked in if you give them the raw end of the deal, right? There's a there's a lot of shit people doing shit things out there, right? And locking you in, and, and probably deceiving you with you know with p pretty marketing that, that that starts at the top. You get them in, and then ultimately the experience you got from the marketing is not actually experience when you're a customer. And I'm very big on that, right? I come from the the corporate sales market marketing world, selling people, things like Xboxes and Surface tablets in the market, I want to make sure that what you get from an outside point of view is what you get when you're inside as well. And and our goal is that it, we, we back ourselves. If you're not happy, you, you move on. But right? isn't the reason people well, uh, tell me this, is the reason why telcos and others, banks, et cetera, mm. what have you, lock you in is because it takes a fair bit of time to recover their upfront costs. Oh. 
Absolutely. And ha also, how do you, how do you deal with that then? Like, uh, we, we deal that with over servicing the customer, right? Uh, over service, making sure that we, our the quality of the service is number one, so that the network that we provide and and and, and making so they sure, won't leave. You know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, people just care their their stuff works, right? Yeah. If your mobile works, your internet works, no one calls you. If I look in the course center, everybody says we're customer service people. No, we, what what we do is that and. and People only ring if they're angry, or people only ring if something Plates. doesn't work. Yeah, and so if the if the calls are zero and and the SLA is one hundred percent, you know shit's working. People mm. aren't going to leave, right? Mm. You see, it's a direct correlation. If the like when there's an outage, for example, and unfortunately with MBN, there's outages from time to time. We see people leave, right? Because oh, oh, your your service. They blame you. They blame, of course they are. Yeah, they blame. Regardless, I was going to ask you, how do you deal with that? Because I mean, do you ever thick blame MBN? Think sick, Mark. Um, I mean. Yeah, absolutely. A lot. I mean, a lot of us down to MBN. There's a lot of there's a lot of people in the middle that that um, that get involved to deliver the, the 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 internet to the customer at the end, right? But absolutely, we got to take accountability for it. You're a re, we're a retail service provider. Our goal is to take accountability for our customers. You know, you know, we give credits for downtime and things like that. And so my thing is that sure, there's a lot of other people. There's a lot of other issues that affect the the end result. But I mean, it's up to us to take accountability. The customer's paying us, right? Yeah, at the end of the day, and so um, it, look, it is. It's part and parcel of the game that we play, and uh, I think we. I think the good thing is that at least you could call us, right, and and not wait for hours. You can get us on live chat. You can speak to somebody that understands exactly where we're going, and we can do something about it. You know, uh, and we empower our staff to to do something about it. Are you, are you, I guess what's important here is that you know at least as much as what MBN knows. If there's a problem, if there's an outage, for example, yeah, um, in my area and for some reason i can't you know i can't watch ko or netflix on my telly because i've got no internet yeah um um normally you know i i, I would normally ring my um internet guy like, correct to fix all my stuff yeah internally right from a business and stuff like that and uh he'll say well it's either the tel the uh, telco or the reseller yeah or it's nbn and he never knows he just doesn't know um and then for him to ring my telco well that's pretty hard to do um i don't even know if there is a number for him um to be honest you normally just got to log in a log log a log a complaint in yeah and then they what tends to happen is they always blame nbn and nbn blames them um but you're right if i could ring somebody if, if there was a number to call and someone could say look we, we'll investigate it yeah. for you at least yeah. that's a big start hundred oh, percent. But you're the customer, right? Um, sometimes MPN doesn't even know there's an issue until the customer a customer says there's an issue, right? Yeah. If you can't do something, that's that's the chain of event that drives the the troubleshooting and the fixing, right? Um, my thing is that you pay us. You're not paying MPN. We pay the MBN. So yeah. if the customer's paying us, we have to sort it out. We have to be available yeah. to sort the problem, right? I mean, there's so many complexities. Like, you know, when you spoke about there, oh, it's either the, the internet um, provider or the MBN. I mean, I mean it, it could be something in my wall. It could be it could be a device. It could be a TV. It could, it could be the yeah. TV too. Yeah, yeah, it could be. And smart homes now have made everything. I call the, we call the customer's home the Wild West, right? Because our goal is to get internet to your home yeah. and, 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 and it configured to your modem. After that, you could do anything, and something may not be working, and it's it's a needle in a haystack to try and yeah. Well, find actually, out. funny that happened to me the other yeah. day because what what turned out to be is that the um, 
it was a, a wired connection, so I, it wasn't. I wasn't using my wireless system. I, was, I had a wired connection. The actual connection into the wall that uh, had come loose because the cleaner had uh, hit it a few times with a vacuum cleaner. So simple, right? Yeah, and uh, yeah. the internet guy come out and fixed it. Um, but he had to come out and fix it to fix it like, yeah. to work it out, like because he had to come out. I mean, I'm looking. At it. it looked alright to me, but. You know, because he he rang me and I had a plate around, nothing yeah, happened. Yeah. But uh, so he actually came out and re just put another thing on there. So, uh, but it, you're right because and then on another occasion, actually, it was funny. I I bought a new TV, and I won't say what it was and who it was from, who I bought it from, but but it was a it wasn't a wasn't a cheap one. It was considered to be one of the better ones. Yeah, and uh, it was end up being TV, and the people I bought it from replaced the TV. The TV go. was no good. Yeah. So it can it could be the TV, it could be the connection, the physical connection. If you've got a physical wired connection, it could be something to do with uh, your routers. Yep. You know, absolutely. No good. They're, or they need to be upgraded, or they're worn out, or they're just you know one of the kids stepped on it, or the dog chewed it, or something like that. But you've got it right. But the biggest call we get is when people's internet's not working, is their electricity has gone out. There's been a blackout. No one realizes that the internet is delivered by electricity as well. Your modem is turned on by electricity. It's one of the biggest calls we get. Oh, my internet's not working. Do you have a blackout in your area? Yes. Okay, your internet's not going to work because your modem's not working. It's. I mean, not, I guess the everyday person doesn't realize, but that, right? But, that, but you're saying that you're. But, but what saying though is your point one of your points of difference is you there's someone i can talk to absolutely yeah, yeah. And, and somebody that talks their language and yeah. and i i think our guys we, we we focus a lot on empathy being a family business and obviously we've got a hundred 120 staff or so um i mean nearly 30 of them are family members i mean so we are a big family unit and i think it, our culture drives empathy and, a, and the empathy goes to our customers and having the word the business called mate drives a lot of a lot of um instant um you know people will come in and and be angry and they go hey you mate all right no worries mate let's let's look at how we can fix this for you honestly and it just calms them down in a second right and i think that's that's critical to servicing customers because there's always going to be shit things that happen yeah. it's how you handle it is is the the biggest outcome well especially when it comes to the internet for example because yeah. it's, there are there's always there's a myriad of things that can go wrong 100%. from weather to deterioration of cables to animals yeah. doing things to floods etc i mean it's yeah. just so many things can happen um when I, if I'm with mate though, I'm, I will, I could have an expectation though that, you know, you're punting it pretty high there, calling a mate. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I have an expectation that you're going to treat me like a mate. Absolutely. Did, what happens when you get, do you, I mean, at what level do you get the complaints? Do you ever go into the call center and sit there and take calls and uh, stuff like uh, that? Absolutely. We had an outage um, back in April. Um, it was at the, call, the the data center that our, our racks, uh, our, our hardware's in, had a fire, which meant that our network didn't get transferred over and we had a big outage and people needed to have their, what they call their ports reset. I turned up on the Saturday and, and took calls and, and listened to people's frustrations. But the, the what alleviate their frustrations is that we have we have our own systems that we built that allow us to do uh, a reboot automatically which fix the customer's issues that they couldn't do themselves and they were happy with that uh, we answered the phone we we understood we took empathy in their situation it, we actually explained what happened and, and why it happened to give them a bit of context so I think pe sometimes shit happens right and people just want to know why that shit happened 
and they feel comfortable about it, right? If you explain it and understand it, then um, they're okay with it, right? And nothing worse than not knowing and exactly. nothing worse than being hanging online waiting for someone to uh, answer the phone. A hundred percent. And But we do things like, you know, we make sure we put, um, if you call through, and there is a bit of a wait because if the internet goes down and we've got 20,000 customers in the area, they're all calling at the same time. We have an IVR that says, if you're calling from Sydney, we know there's an outage and this is what you can do to fix it. Um, if not, um, you know, wait for us to answer the phone or try live chat or send us an email, for example. IVR right? being an interactive voice response system, Correct, yeah. which sits over your telephone system. That's right. Yeah. That basically has a recorded message telling people what to do or where to go. Correct, yep. And live chat, live chat means, uh, and I guess what live chat is, it's internet-based chat. So you have, you would do it on your mobile phone, for example, Correct. if your mobile phone's connected to the mobile network. Um, I would get on there onto your website or somewhere, a live chat place, Correct. and yep. I will chat to someone, someone will pick it up. Correct, yep. Yeah, exactly. So you just go onto our website, live chat, uh, pick it up and, and talk to somebody. Uh, we're going to introduce WhatsApp um, a service soon as well. And and we do a lot via social as well. So if you want to interact with us by um, DM, you DM, yeah, yeah, by um, Twitter, for example, X, I should call it now. But um, our goal is be where the customer is, not where we want them to be. Yeah, That's yeah. the key, yeah, right? Yeah. Like there's people are consuming everything in their own way we just got to be where they are versus tell them to do a new way right and that's that's our goal in life so sort of nearly going back to old school way of dealing with people though 100 uh, that's what it is it's, i mean we live in a really crazy new fast world yeah. <laughs> uh but really as all that's happened is um platforms have changed delivery systems have changed yeah but values haven't changed people still want you to respect them to get value for money yeah. um they're well aware they can switch yeah. <laughs> they can move People well aware of that sort of stuff. Um, people aren't short of complaining to, like they they know that there are complaint um, forums, uh, you know, and that can be the worst thing for you. So, you know, to to some extent, actually, um, whilst the process of delivery mechanisms, you know, the, the modalities have changed and are much more sophisticated through digital mediums. The value system that we have is exactly the same. Yeah. In fact, it's probably more pressure on you because there's too many other avenues through which I can complain and cause you a problem. Yeah. So you have to actually be even more um, aware of the value that the value systems and the messages that consumers want. Uh, is that something you found? Uh, absolutely. Look at product reviews, right? Do you look at product reviews before you buy something? I spend a lot of time on product reviews. You know, a, a number of people can't be wrong, right? So, yeah. I mean, and people can leave reviews. Google, for example, you can leave a review without even being verified. So you need to be on, on your game all the time, right? But I mean, like, you know, we have a digital strategy with real people and people buy from people. And that I truly believe that. That's why I think retail will always have a place, right? Because people want to buy from people. Um, and I mean, I think that's that's the difference we offer. We, when you get to us, we 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 calm you down, we educate you properly, and we deliver the outcome. In you know, we, we call it one stop or one call resolution. I think that's our difference. I've I, I mean, I've rang my insurance company, and I won't name them, and I'm, it's been two weeks trying to sort out an issue, and, and multiple people have called me back, and I explain it again and again and again, and now I'm going to switch right because I couldn't give a shit, and I haven't got the time to worry about it. Um, I don't want to be that person, right? I want to be that business, and the day we get there the day we need to put more more money into investing in better systems or more people to make sure we don't get there because no customers no business right yeah yeah but what, yeah. so mark where where is the business at now so you know you had um i think what, what just how many customers did you say you got uh, back back in 
in the had thirty thousand in uh, in two thousand and eighteen. Yeah, we're at now, and now we're at a couple hundred thousand. Yep. Um, so we're cracking that couple hundred thousand mark. Um, we've got one hundred and twenty staff or so, nearly at the hundred million dollar revenue mark. Um, so. We've come a long way, uh, but uh, more money, more problems, as they say, right? And so, uh, you know, like it hasn't been easy. You're I mean, still bootstrapping it yourself, so yeah, yeah, it's yeah. all it's all privately owned at the yeah. moment. Um, we are we are obviously looking for partners and things like that. we we're at the ne- next level where we either we either go we keep growing slowly like we have been, or we or we spend the next two years and amplify significantly and I think we're at that time right that you know go hard or go home we've, yeah, we've yeah. built a model we've built a foundation that works we've got a brand new market we've got a hero like Sam Kurt representing us like the time is now and and we've got some other products that we want to bring to market that are going to complement what we do today and it's it's time and you know it's time to, to give it a real crack and um, yeah we're ready to go hard so so that by necessity usually means you need to raise patient capital. Yeah. Um, are you in the process of raising we are, capital? Yeah, we are at the moment. Yeah, You're definitely. trying to raise capital? We are raising capital and, at the moment, and, yeah. And, and in terms of raising capital, you've got to give something away. Correct. Now, and that really, generally speaking, means that you've got to attach a, a value to the enterprise that you've created, yep. you and your brother have created. And uh, because, you know, if you say, I want to give 50% away for, I don't want to give away, I want to bring in an investor who's going to invest enough money into the business and I have to give them 50% of the business for argument's sake. Yep. Um, you have to uh, work out what the value of the business is and mm-hmm. the investor needs to agree with that. Yep. How do you go about doing this enterprise valuation? I mean, in your game, in telcos, is there like formulas? Um, uh, is there multiple, multi- you do a multiple of gross revenue or a number of customers multiplied by a number? It depends who you are, right? I mean, yes. I mean, like traditionally, the 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 talker game, how you evaluate your business is that you have a customer, um, they've got a, an average tenure, call it of 14 months, um, times their average, you know, ARPU of their monthly bill equals the value of that customer and times that by X, Y, Z, right, as yeah. the premium. I mean, that's how people used to do it, but then there's a value on your brand as well and there's a value on your systems, right? And so we have infrastructure, we have a brand and we have customers. And so we've put value on all those three different things. When they come together, uh, you know, telling people what we think the value is versus what they perceive to be a value is a hard one. And so we went to a, we, actually what we did was we went to a customer that a company that does this for us, and they they basically dissected our business over a three month period, looked at customer tenure rates, systems, uh, infrastructure, all these different things, and produced a, basically a report that says this is what they're worth, this is where the opportunity is with what they're planning to do, and this is where they can come. And so we took we sort of took the the fight out of our hands and went to a third party and, and use that as the evaluation when we're talking to people that we're looking at to invest in our business. That's how we did it. Right. right? Well, that's I mean, smart because yeah. you, you then put in to make, make it someone else's responsibility because it's always very hard to um, prosecute your own value. It's, but it's funny, I remember years and years ago, they used to say well, there was one one way of valuing telcos was to say that the number of customers multiplied by 1,000. And uh, like in your case, if you're 200,000 customers, you, you're worth 200 million. Yeah. So that, that's just, that, I mean, they used to say because the customer's worth X amount of dollars because of the whole lot of reasons why a customer's worth X amount of dollars. I mean, that might be the net amount, 1,000 bucks might be the net amount you make over the life of the customer, net after all costs. I don't know how they used to calculate 1,000 because I, I wasn't that privy to that information. But I do remember that was one way you did valuations. But sometimes you do four different methodologies mm. and you come up with, maybe four different valuations and you take the average of the four or you sort of see where the median is between the four or whatever the case may be. But you've got to then go off and convince the investor that this is the value they're buying into. Yeah. 
and uh, and ha- how's that market now? Because liquidity is a bit tight in the marketplace. Yeah, very tough. It's tough at the moment yeah. to raise money um, because I mean, it's not because of your business or any other business. All businesses are finding it tough to raise money now because uh, investors are saying, well, well, I can get 6% in the bank and uh, safe, I can wait, and I'll wait for everything to all this whatever drama to roll over. You know, if there is any drama, if we're going to have a recession, etc., we'll wait for it to move on and sometime next year I'll start reinvesting again. Um, have you experienced that? Uh, absolutely, Mark. You know, it, I think a lot of people aren't putting their hands in their pocket like they did in the past when it came to telcos, um, and, and it's tough, right? And uh, but I, I think uh, I think the way we've approached it is uh, so I see the value of a telco now is the access to data. So we look at the AI world that we're using at the moment. AI uses data to predict churn to to send information to people automatically, etc. Telco is probably the single best service you can have to understand what a customer or how a customer consumes, right? We know what how many times you're watching Netflix a week, for how long, on what device, and and it's it's actually quite scary, right? And I think in, in this world of AI, it's um, we've had a lot of people that are driving um, AI companies um, looking to interested to invest in us because that's they're looking for access to abundance and and critical data that drives an Data. Yeah, they want data. And data drives everything. Like, look at connected TV with advertising, or what well, they call it BVOD, which is broadcast video on demand. So if you go to 9 Plus, I mean, I don't watch an aerial anymore. I watch directly via the app. And and that's, you know, you can be so targeted with your, your TV, TVC spend in a way bit different to standard linear TV. And, you know, data is key. So we've got a lot of people coming. And that's how I'm pitching our business. I've changed the angle from where we started with the capital raise, that we've got all these customers and, and we service them with our systems, et cetera. I've, um, I've gone, well, we've got all this data and we can we can empower your service that you want to be even stronger and bigger and the best. And that's the angle I'm taking at the moment. And that's what's getting the the, the eyelids lifted, et cetera. And then, I mean, I've got a goal. I've got a goal that we can, I, I think that we we um, acquire a customer. You know, if you look at you know, a CAC for a customer, we acquire a customer, I reckon, at the cheapest in the market with our methods and how we go, right? Uh, and I think that's what's really interesting. Um, intriguing to a lot of people looking to invest in us that we can grow our business but for a third of the cost that other brands are using to grow their business that's very yeah. interesting so well I, I, mark i mean i know we're out of time but like yeah. it's it's a fascinating journey you've been on um a young boy from and along with his twin brother yeah. from smithfield uh built a, a business sort of pretty much out of nowhere and uh, you are now out there looking for investors which is and it is a long journey yeah. don't, don't this hasn't been a short journey for you it's been a long journey but you look like you're just as uh, enthusiastic as you were on the very first day you and your brother made made this decision to sort of get stuck into this in 2016 absolutely my family is everything and this business is built on the foundation of family thanks very much I really appreciate it. that was that's a really good Aussie Sydney Western suburbs story mate awesome thanks Mark thanks for having me Thanks for listening to another episode of The Mentor with Mark Boris. Audio and production is by Jessica Smalley. Production assistance, Simon McDermott. This is a mentored podcast. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. 
So we made ByHeart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.